Welcome to Fastlane, a JCTV podcast. It's Adam Kuhn. Uh, joining me is Josh Coppinal. Uh Josh, we had pretty big monumental achievement here on the channel this last week. Uh, can you explain a little bit more? And uh, we'll talk a little bit more about it, of course, in just a moment. Yeah, uh, incredible accomplishment happened with uh, Jonathan Parker taking uh, three wins uh, this past week. Uh, JCTV programming. Um, I was wondering, I mean, if somebody was going to do it with a lot of people transitioning and driving uh, in the other series that we broadcast. Uh, Jonathan Parker, he became the first one to win in all three series. And uh, I wanted to see if somebody could win all three series in the same week. And Parker did so. Uh, so congratulations to him on that. Yes, obviously, Jonathan Parker, one of the most dominant drivers in just his short time here on JCTV, uh, etching his name even more so in history on the channel. Like you mentioned, Josh, he won the, the Slide Job Racing League playoff opener in the MF Racing Designs Premier Series from Nashville Super Speedway on Tuesday, backed it up with a win in the NARO Series, the DI9 Designs NARO Series at Kentucky Speedway for a second win on this season. And then finally, battled with you a little bit Saturday night to win his return race in the In the Pits News Truck Series, his first race since winning the championship last year in the Blazer Sim Racing League. Uh, he's going to be joining us in the booth a lot more this season, only running five races this year. But Josh, what was it like seeing that? Not only calling two of those races, but calling that, oh, excuse me, being on track and racing against him for that third one on Saturday night. Um, yeah, I, I think, uh, it was incredible. He did a great job. I mean, he dominated the races on, on Tuesday and Friday. Um, and then, you know, Saturday one, he wanted a, a little bit of a different challenge. Uh, he was actually sitting in our voice chat, uh, PBR, um, joining us there. And, uh, you know, it was nice to have his perspective of what was going on in the race as well, but, um, the, the challenge he wanted to do for himself was to start at the back. So he didn't even qualify. And uh, he, he started in the back, slowly made his way up to the front. And once he got up front, I mean, it was it was lights out. Um, you know, it was so hard for the competition to get around him or even come close to him, much like what, what we have uh, witnessed um, since he's been racing uh, on, on pretty much anything on JCTV. So, um you know, I'll tell you, I, I think, you know, first of all, to, to win in three different series, and by the way, three different cars as well. Um, you know, the Xfinity on Tuesday, uh, uh, Gen 6 on, on Friday, and then the uh, truck on, on Saturday. You know, it's it's like, it's even more, I think, of a harder accomplishment to do. Um because none of the vehicles drive the same either. So I'm blown away with how talented he is, especially because he hasn't even been on iRacing um, all that long. And uh, for him to just have the speed he does, it's, it's, uh, it's pretty amazing. On last week's show, Josh, I posed the question to you, uh, what was going to be the most difficult track 
of the four races we were going to see last week on JCTV, and of course Jonathan competing in the three full-time series broadcast of this season on JCTV. But you mentioned Nashville was going to be the most difficult one for him in that in that weekend, and uh, going to the going back to that slide job race, you mentioned he dominated. Really, he did. That was an amazing performance by him to lead over 100 laps in Nashville on t- last Tuesday, but. Just doing so, holding off the field in overtime, knowing it was the first race of the playoffs, and beating Sotaj Man straight up like that in that finish. What's that say about that 48 and going forward in these playoffs here? You know, I think uh, early on in the season, you could really put Sartaj as the championship favorite. He's had a lot of issues himself and a lot of points uh, taken away from him. But, you know, now that we're here in the playoffs, um, I, I keep saying it. Sartage needs to put everything behind him and focus forward. Now that we are here in the playoffs, and uh, Jonathan Parker has won the opening playoff race, honestly, I'm not so sure that Sartage is the championship favorite anymore. And I'm not going to say Parker is, but what I'm going to say is those two are going to uh, battle all the way to the end. And... Uh, you know, I think Auto Club is going to be a race of, you know, who wants it more. And uh, so for Parker, I mean, I think he's he's definitely on the right foot right now. And I'm I'm looking to see, you know, what he's going to be able to do, especially in the playoffs that we have here. Um, going to Nashville Super Speedway, a concrete uh, mile, uh, 1.3 mile track. I believe, um, heading to Watkins Glen. Uh, so then going to Darlington and then Talladega. I mean, that's four wild animals right there. Um, you know, so either way, I I think Parker, he's got a a lot that he's got to overcome. I think he needs a, a really good Watkins Glen. I think he needs a strong Darlington. And maybe then at Talladega, he can he can uh, be able to afford to have uh, a race and not go his way. Um, you know, Talladega is a wild card. Uh, Jonathan Parker has been open that he's not very good at the plate races. And it does open up the door for other drivers to, to uh, claim a win, to, to steal a win. So, you know, I think... If Parker wants to race for championship at Auto Club, he needs to have a, a good Watkins Glen and a really good Darlington. Now looking on Fridays in the DI9 Designs NAOR series, his second win in just three races in the season 13. The other race won a pretty quiet race up until getting wrecked out by a pretty good friend of his, someone who he's butted heads with in the In the Pits News Truck Series racing for the championship last season, Michael Kruger. Uh, what do you think that win for Kentucky, at Kentucky, I should say, does for that for that 92 car in the NAO Series, knowing that he's not a big fan of those Gen 6 Cup cars, but, man, he did such a good job with those trucks, and they race pretty similar, and he wasn't a fan of those either. Um... Yeah, I, I think, uh, first of all, uh, he is two for two on the mile and a half, winning at uh, 
Las Vegas, and uh, then again at Kentucky. Uh, you mentioned how Iowa was a tough track for him. So, uh, you know, I think the Gen 6 really performs at a, a crazy perspective at the mile and a half. So the fact that he's won two of the two that we've been to uh, so far, um, it, it just goes to show that I think for from now on, the mile and a half, he's going to be one to, to watch out for. I'm not saying he's going to win all of them, but I think he, you're going to have to watch out for him. You know, Gen 6, uh, the way that I can remember racing it so much is that, you know, it really starts off as, as pack racing. And it's all about who is able to save their tires after 20, 25, 30 laps. Once that happens, the field starts to spread apart. And when you get long races that go green uh, for the majority of the race, it, it doesn't stack the field back up, of course, because of not having a yellow. So, um, you know, I, I think for for Parker, uh, he's got the, uh, the momentum on his side right now, three races in. Uh, to the season and uh, he just he needs to keep going strong and who knows maybe soon he'll be a two-time or well maybe even a three-time champion if he's able to get it done in slide job and of course the championship he is not going for this season of our three full-time leagues currently going on JCTV right now is the fourth season of the Blazer Sim Racing ITP and Truck Series and you mentioned this a little bit Josh he kind of went into that race a little bit unprepared he well really first of all started the week thinking he was going to join uh, Dawson and I in the booth and then really went the entire week thinking that Friday gets into practice just kind of does some laps and then starts talking to Ethan Fonseca Moreno about placing a bet about racing this race and you said if he had a race he had to start at the back and that was from a bet from Ethan and it turned out to be a pretty thrilling one because he like you mentioned he climbed all the way through the field didn't dominate but strategy placed him up at the front and he took away with that win though on Saturday night at Phoenix yeah and I know from my perspective in, in being a competitor in that race it was super hard to pass uh so for him to go from the back to the front, uh, obviously, I, I think we all expected it, but I don't think it came uh, as easy as I expected uh, for him to get up there uh, with it just being so hard to pass. Uh, we had a lot of yellows, which did allow for, for choose cone, uh, whether you want to choose the outside or the inside. And uh, he was, I think, he kind of benefited from a lot of restarts as well. Um, as, as I did to get up to the front. Um, so it, it wasn't easy for him at all, uh, to, to get up there. But then once he did, you know, as I mentioned earlier, it was just lights out and, uh, away he went and, uh, you know, we still had a lot of restarts. He still had to, to give it his all on the restarts with a strong, hard charging Cameron Caldwell, Alonzo Chicano. Uh, I know Brett Bennett was up there for a, a bit. Um, you know, there there were there were still uh, lots of ways for him to lose it, um, but he did everything he needed to do. He he checked off all all the boxes to to 
hold everybody off, get the restarts he needed, and ultimately take the victory. Hey, I'm Cameron Cowell, and as of April 29, 2023, I am the all-time wins leader in the Pursuit Truck Series, and you're listening to Fastlane. Looking at this week's schedule of streams right here on JCTV, starting off Tuesday, May 9th at 9pm, already have happened this week, it was the Slide Job Racing League Premier Series, the second race of this season's playoffs for the MF Racing Designs Premier Series, uh, Watkins Glen International, Josh, 2.45 mile road course, pretty familiar with these guys in terms of the Xfinity cars uh, in iRacing, but only the second road course of the season and it's in a pretty crucial point in this playoff with Second race, like I mentioned, in three races to go until we cut down this grid of 10 to 4. Well, Adam, I, I love it because I'm not a competitor out there. These guys, they've got a lot going on for them with uh, some right-hand turns at Watkins Glen. And, uh, you know, it is a, a road course that I think these guys are very familiar with. I know when I come to uh, have to race at road courses myself, Watkins Glen is one that I have circled like every time. Uh, you know, you look back at, at Circuit of the Americas way early in the season, uh, March 7th when we raced there, uh, you know, that track, it is it is a very rhythm-based track. A lot of uh, heavy braking after long straightaways, uh, a ton of, of quick uh, left-right lefts and, and vice versa. Uh, you know, tonight... Uh, they uh, they call Watkins Glen the speedway of road courses because it is faster. Uh, there there are heavy braking zones, but um, it's it has a lot less turns. It's a lot shorter than Coda. That uh, I think a lot of drivers are are familiar with this track. So for Watkins Glen, uh, I think. Uh, yeah, I think we're going to see some great racing. I think it might be a little bit more competitive than what uh, Coda was. Um, and, you know, talking about being the second race of the playoffs, again, like I said, I love it because I'm not a competitor out there. Uh, it just makes it that much harder to go out and try to win the championship. I mean, I, I keep saying, Adam, you want to win the championship this season. You have got to perform everywhere. And you've got Talladega looming as well before, you know, hitting the, the final. But, uh, you know, Watkins Glen, it's it's going to make a lot of these guys have to shine at a track that might be difficult for them. And uh, so I, I think we're going to see a great show. I agree. And of course, by the time this airs, uh, it already have happened. So go ahead and go back and watch the Season 10 Slide Job Race in Watkins Glen. And also, the Coast to Coast Cup Series race Thursday night at Charlotte Motor Speedway, May 11th at 8.30 p.m. right here on JCTV for their throwback race of this season. Uh, it's their Season 0, essentially. And it is the sixth race of that season, our third here on JCTV. Josh, what is Charlotte Motor Speedway like for a next-gen car. Uh, pretty interesting race in real life there last year for the Coke 600. Of course, a lot shorter for these guys, what, what we saw on Thursday, but what are you looking to see in that race Thursday? Yeah, you know... <laughs> yeah, you know, we uh, we only have done just a couple broadcasts for them, and I've not been a part of either one of the broadcasts we have had for them. 
But from what I understand is uh, these guys are very competitive. I did watch the end of uh, last week's broadcast, and I'll tell you, I was on the edge of my seat just watching it because of, of how close it was. So uh, I don't have a lot to go off of uh, for this league uh, performing at Charlotte. But what I do know is pretty much if you have iRacing, you've raced at Charlotte. It's one of the free tracks uh, that iRacing gives to you uh, to start your, your iRacing career. And uh, so these guys are familiar with it. Uh, Charlotte is is an iconic track itself. So uh, with the next gens on it, you know I I think you're it's going to be very similar to what you see pretty much anywhere else with the next gen. Uh, it, it's going to be uh, just great racing. Uh, a lot of uh, you know, things that my mind can't think about right now because I'm running Windows 98 with dial-up internet. I think these guys, they're going to have to save their tire as well. Uh, tire wear is a big thing in uh, in the way that these next-gens drive. And, you know, so I, I think, you know, if you go out there, you're running up front, and you're just pulling away, you're going to be caught very quickly. And, uh, you know, it's one thing that, I like about the next gens personally, from my perspective, is uh, being able to save tires. It's something that I personally have struggled with and have gotten better. Uh, and you know, for these other guys, they're gonna have to to do their best to save the tire uh, tire wear uh, to make it around Charlotte. And uh, I think we're gonna see great race, a lot of side by side racing. Uh, and, uh, should be a good show. And Friday, a little different track, um, from what we are accustomed to seeing regularly on any schedule is WWT Raceway, uh, formerly known as Gateway right outside of St. Louis in the NAR series. The fourth race of the Season 13 for the NAR series gets started May 12th at 9pm right here on JCTV this Friday night. Josh. What is that one mile and a quarter egg-shaped egg oval like in iRacing? Have you ever driven there yourself? Yeah, I've had a couple of starts at Gateway and iRacing uh, because of uh, the NASCAR schedule going there and, and me doing NIS every week. Uh, it's it's an interesting track, you know, to, to say the least. I, I've become a fan of it. Uh, Watching uh, watching NASCAR go there with their truck series and and now the Cup series, I think it uh, I think it's it's a great track, uh, a little bit different. You know, you mentioned egg shaped, and the one thing that really comes to mind is is Darlington. But don't fool yourself; this is nothing like Darlington. You know, uh, I mean, turns one and two are very different than three and four. One and two is so much wider. Uh, and, and longer in length than three and four is. Uh, so, you know, I, I think, I think it's, it's really a momentum based track. You've got to set yourself up for each corner and, and you can't really do the same thing at all, uh, in one and two that you do in three and four. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I think, uh, and call me crazy for saying this. But uh, it, it's going to make sense to me. Uh, 
I think, you know, if you think about Pocono turn three, right? Pocono has three different corners itself. And you always hear drivers talk about the corner you want to be set up for at Pocono is turn three because that's the one that leads you down to the start finish line. You know, I, I think if you want to win gateway, you're going to have to really perform really well in three and four, get the launch off of, of turn four to get you down that front straightaway. And, and we may see a battle to the finish at gateway. Uh, you know, if it comes down to three and four, I think you could very easily get away with a, a bump and run, uh, you know, coming to the checkered flag going into to turn three. So uh, it's going to be interesting. Uh, I'm looking forward to it for sure, seeing what uh, those guys on, on Friday nights can do there. So, uh, yeah, I, I'll tell you, I'm excited for that one. Definitely going to be exciting for those last-gen Cup Crows at Gateway on Friday night uh, for their fourth race of the season. And on Saturday, the fourth race for the In the Pits News Truck Series season at Iowa Speedway. Another shorter track, Josh, but less than a mile is Iowa. But uh, I think it is 0.875 miles in length. And we've gone there a couple of times uh, before in the past. And it's usually been pretty... Usually people have opinions one way or the other on Iowa Speedway. Uh, first off, what's yours? You're going to be on the racetrack in your 42 truck as always, and what are your expectations for everyone else there at Iowa on Saturday? <laughs> you know, I'll be honest, I don't even know if I have driven a NASCAR vehicle at Iowa uh, since I've been on iRacing. Uh, I've raced at Iowa before, but with the... Uh, am I allowed to say IndyCar? I've done a couple races there with the Dollar IR18, and uh, you know I can't take anything I learned from driving that car and transitioning it over to uh, the the truck. Uh, so, you know, as of right now, I'm not really sure what I'm expecting for myself. Um, for for these other guys, I'm uh, you know I'm looking forward to uh, seeing how it plays out throughout the field. Uh, seeing what what I can do uh, throughout the field as well, uh, continue my momentum. But uh, I think Iowa is going to be challenging for for a lot of guys. Um, you know, it, it, I, I'm personally I'm thinking that it might be a, a track where you know you've got to be so easy getting on the throttle. On corner exit, otherwise you're just gonna your rear end's gonna kick out. And you're gonna spin. And we see that quite a bit with shorter tracks. Uh, Iowa, it's it's set up a little bit differently, but uh, you know it kind of reminds me of a little bit bigger Richmond. And uh, you know if I take anything from what I know at Richmond, you know it's another case where if you just get on the throttle too soon, the rear end will kick out. So I think with Iowa. You're going to have to be very easy on the throttle. Uh, one, to save tire, but two, not to to have the rear end kick out. And uh, we could see a few cautions in that race as well uh, with uh, drivers struggling for, for grip. Uh, it really all depends on what we're going to see with track temp as well. But uh, I expect we'll see a good show nonetheless, as always, uh, as we see every time on uh, Saturday nights. 
Absolutely. I'm looking forward to it as well, Josh. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see this Saturday night at 8 p.m. Eastern right here on JCTV. And uh, before we move forward with Fastlane, I want to say the next slide job racing league broadcast is going to be next Tuesday, May 16th at 9 p.m. from Darlington Raceway, track too tough to tame, fresh off the throwback weekend in NASCAR. It's going to be the throwback weekend for slide job right in the middle of the playoffs. It's going to be a pretty interesting race for race number three with just two races to go at that point before we cut our playoff field from 10 to 4. Be sure to tune in next Tuesday at 9 p.m. We'll get started at 8.45. Thanks, Josh. Fastlane is also sponsored by Spooky Games. Check them out in Attleboro, Massachusetts, or online at spooky-games.square.site, or on their Facebook today. Links are in the description. Hi, I'm Michael Kruger, driver of the Blockbuster Chevy for Piss and Broke Racing, and you're watching Fastlane, a JHCTV podcast. Off, so this is unofficial green white checkered attempt. Barker's gonna have to have at least one more good restart. But you can see this top six all yellow banners, all playoff drivers here in the top six Parker, Mann, Moreno, Kilrow, Thorpe, and Nup. But then the row behind them is Blaze McKinney and Noah Mayuri. They're battling for the dash for cash. So two rows of two different, you know, two different, you know, battles going on here. Then you see Colton Lights, Brian Dees right there uh, in the top 10. Hunter Karsten right now running 11th. A really good run for this 13 machine as well. We're talking about Hunter Karsten. He's run two races uh, so far this season. Uh, best finish coming at Bristol with 11th. So we're looking to see if that 13, he's looking to see if he can improve that best finish as well here tonight. Uh, looking to see if he can try to crack the top 10. So, as they make their way through three and four, the pace car is going to take that hard left turn down pit road. Parker, the control car once again. Can he have at least one last good restart as they head to the Geico restart zone? The green flag is out. We are back underway. Two laps to go in the C2 Graphics 200. And a big jump by Parker to get clear out front. He did that very well to get out front. Now it is Kilrow and Man side by side for that second position. Luke Nup right there as well. Kilrow drifted up a little bit. Nup trying to shove it in there can't quite get there but Parker is going to lead us to the white flag one more lap here at Nashville Super Speedway does anybody have anything for that number 48 machine they're going to have to do it now man trying anything some sliding in the background it sounds like Indeed, Pacheco and Gazzola look like they are slow on the racetrack, but it's not going to matter. Through three and four for the final time, you see McKinney trying to shove it in there in the background, shoving Moreno up top. Meanwhile, out front, Jonathan Parker is going to win here in Nashville as they crash back in the back. Sliding sideways, everybody trying to make it through, still wrecking. Dylan Parker piling in to Brian Dees. Holy cow. But the one thing that can't be argued...
coming first here in the C2 Graphics 200, Jonathan Parker scoring win number two on the season. First off, John, congratulations on the win. Thank you, Dawson. So coming in, you know, to this race uh, to kick off the playoffs. Uh, this is your quest for a championship in another league here on JCTV, and it's off to a pretty good start. A dominant performance here tonight. Uh, take us through, for most part, that green flag run that we had there through the majority of that race. What was that like for you as that run went on? Just you know, the laps kept going. It stayed green, and just all about the strategy, pretty much what it came down to. Yeah, I was just for the first part of it, I was just you know running my own pace, just. Um... Just letting the race come to me, and uh, uh, I, I noticed after after the first pit stop, I believe that that some people were gonna try and make it only one more, like Dal what Dalton did, and because um, uh, that first lap caution made it really really interesting. The the way that the way the fuel sizes get limited, I think it's limited to seventy in this league. It sometimes make things unintentionally interesting, <laughs> is the way I'll put it. So uh, it's it's the game we have to play, and I, I wasn't going to give up my track position to go do that, and um, so I just had to go out there and try and outpace him, and I, I think I think we did a pretty good job of that. Sartaj uh, he he short pit us pretty good uh, on what would be the last pit stop, or for for me anyway, and uh, we were able to catch up to him, and just as soon as I thought it was done, a uh, caution come out. I mean. Uh, if Adam was here, he would tell you that's a script that has always happened, no matter what racing game it is. I'll be leading, and by it could be by a mile, doesn't matter. A caution come out, and usually I end up getting wrecked. But thankfully tonight, that didn't happen, and uh, I need all as many points as I can get because I can't turn right to save my life. So just pray for me next week. I walk next line. Yeah, you know, speaking of Watkins Glen coming up, you know, you have a good cushion now with this win. Um, you know, this puts you. Uh, and solidly, unofficially third in the points, or technically it would be second. It's tied for second. Uh, you're three points above the cut line right now. It's a very slim margin, but you still are in a very – you're eight points – excuse me. You're three points behind uh, the points leader, so my math is wrong as usual. But still, DCC. Uh, it, it's a gap that you've got. <laughs> um, but also, too, you know, um, I got to feel like, you know, even though – those final restarts there were not what you wanted to see. Um, it was still a good test for you uh, for the rest of this playoff. So what were those like for you, knowing that you were able to get that good jump as the leader, at least to get out of the field and clear out front and maintain the race lead? Yeah, I actually, I actually learned from the, in the pits news truck series race here. Um, that Saturday is basically every Saturday is at, um, at eight o'clock, by the way, if y'all want to tune in, but yeah, I learned from that race a season ago because I, I had pretty similar control of the race. I was just kind of cruising, running my own pace. A caution comes out, and I got loose in one and two, and then um, Mikey made a three-wide move, uh, got the lead, and with those trucks, they're so dang air-dependent. I, I just couldn't get around them, and I I kind of kept that in the back of my mind, so I, I knew more to hit my marks. I got a very good jumps, like you said, and uh, I actually learned from that. So. Uh, uh, I'm kind of learning as I go, but uh, we're getting there. Uh, lap by lap, race by race. Well, you are the second driver now to have uh, multiple wins on the season here in the Slide Job Racing League. Um, and you know, obviously the momentum swinging in your favor uh, with that dominant win here tonight. Uh, but what do you got to, you know, who you got to thank? Teammates, sponsors, what got this 48 in victory lane here tonight and uh, put yourself in a good spot to start this playoff run? I got to thank uh, Chad Neural, uh, Chad on the box, and. Um, Earl Barman on the spotter stand uh, had a good job. 
And uh, I got to thank everybody back in the PlayStation party there. Probably having fun right now. Uh, I really appreciate those guys. <laughs> Keep me entertained during the race, to say the least. And I think um, React and uh, JBM, everybody there, they do a great job. And uh, Lowe's Cobalt Tools. Shout to Jackson. He's in Disney right now. Jackson Glenn Austin. And uh, shout out to Christian Pacheco because his dumb ass did not have his tires checked <laughs> when, when he come down pit road for his first green flag stop. So that completely ruined his, his day. Christian Pacheco stinks. Um, and I got to shout out to everybody from New Jersey because it's been a good couple days. Uh, between Ryan Tricks winning on Saturday, Tricks winning the cup race yesterday, and now another Jersey boy won here today. So it's, a, it's pretty good for the New Jersey guys. Alrighty, that is your race winner, Jonathan Parker. Uh, he leads a dominant performance uh, to victory here tonight at Nashville Series Away. Congrats again, John. Thank you, Dawson and Josh. Appreciate it. He's, he's going to try pinching him, though. He's going to try, but right now, the tire advantage is there for Parker. But again, I talk about here's where Ethan can play a little bit of a role in how his race shapes out. If he's doing exactly what he's doing, forcing Parker to take the very bottom of the whole racetrack and he can actually hold him down there and not let him clear him, as Parker's going to clear, the tires could get burned up. But right now, it's going to be Parker's race and how he handles it. Jonathan Parker, for the second time this week, holding a lead. with a race that has so far only had one caution up to the point with uh, 12 laps to go. It's one of the things this league likes to do is uh, have some old school rules, but it is all voted on by the drivers. And uh, I've talked about it a lot last season and um, Josh Arnold, he believes in uh, the hashtag. He does not want to make the decisions on his own. He wants the drivers to have a say uh, for almost everything. Uh, and uh, that's why this league has gone 13 seasons strong. Jonathan Parker. He's going to take the white flag one more time around here in Kentucky. And he's going to work his way through three and four. Jonathan Parker, career win number two, second win of the season as well. What a race by Jonathan Parker. Jonathan Parker, uh, first off, my, my biggest question to you is... Oh gosh, uh, this, where could this go? <laughs> you had a dominating performance. We had a caution on lap one. As we were catching the end of uh, the race here, were you having flashbacks of Tuesday? <laughs> I'm always counting down the laps. You, 
once again, wait, Adam, yeah, Adam's not here. Once again, Adam knows that script way too well. It's it's literally a mirror image. I thought I thought we we're gonna get a caution for you to go, but this league's a little different because we don't do green white checkered. So if I get to like four three to go, I know I don't have to work like it's the race is over. So I got I got to think like it's two thousand three. But yeah, I was having flashbacks. It's a good call out there, but yeah, the, today was a. <laughs> I didn't expect really to go like that because I don't. I don't really like Kentucky that much. Well, you had a interesting strategy call, I think, and uh, I, I pointed it out that uh, you like to go later. Uh, Canfield is uh, kind of doubting the the strategy, and I'll be honest, I was a little bit too. You went so much later than everybody else, but you were still able to pass everybody and put a 2.8 second gap between yourself and Ethan. Did you think that it was going to work? <laughs> I knew it was going to work. I it depends on like how what I'm thinking at the time my position, you know, my strategy. You say I do tend to go later more, but it all depends on what position I'm in and what others around me do. It, it all depends on where they pit in the fuel run and all that. Because depending on how the race is going, I have no problem being the first one to pit red. I'm usually just doing whatever people aren't doing. But yeah, I just, I knew, because I, I didn't even save my tires that last run. I just put on the tires and went, F yeah, let's just <laughs> burn these things to the ground. And I did. And uh, I caught up to Ethan and I, I got around them. I, I just want to give a big shout out because it, it's pretty hard when you got people on a bunch of different strategies. I'm going to give a shout out to everyone because they kept it clean. You know, even though there's people with different clo closing rates. So, I uh, appreciate everyone for keeping it clean, being aware. That was, it was uh, I, I don't know how it looked up here in the booth. It was pretty interesting to play chess again. I, I, that's why I love racing. It really is a high-speed game of chess. When you pit, what line you run. Um, even with the 550 cars, where I feel like it takes a little bit away from the drivers in terms of what they can do talent-wise, there's, there's still things you could do. To, to really separate yourself. Two wins on the season so far in the first three races. We had Gateway next week. Uh, what are you looking forward to there? No idea. I don't have to track it. <laughs> I don't even own it. I've never taken a lot around there. So I next week it's like it's like I'm in, working in the pits news again. It's back to square one. I'm just learning about the seat of my pants. So. That'll either go really good or really bad, so stay tuned next week. <laughs> and uh, I also want to ask you uh, another question. Uh, I'm sure you've heard about my challenge uh, to a driver that can win uh, three races in a week broadcasting on JCTV. You take it two so far, but you're not guaranteed to race in the Pittsburgh Truck Series. Does this uh, change your mind? Do you are, do you race ITP in the market? Wait, when... There was a challenge. I've I've never heard of this. <laughs> Why didn't you tell me about this earlier? I issued a challenge uh, to a driver uh, with a lot of drivers uh, crossing over between series uh, and racing in, in all three. Uh, issued a challenge to see if somebody could do it when when uh, all three league races on JCTV in the same week. And this was, of course, before we picked up the Thursday night league, uh, which you don't run in. So, uh, this was just a couple weeks ago that I issued that challenge. 
right after you took the win at Las Vegas. I hate Phoenix, too. Why are you doing this to me, dude? <laughs> and just a little bit, because I felt like I could have had a, maybe had a win in truck last year. Things didn't go. Oh. I, I work tonight. I'm probably going to come home early because I, I got personal time. Take it to celebrate because every time I win these damn races, I can't just have a drink. And I want to have a drink after I win one of these races. So I'm coming home early and I'm doing that. Dang it. But. Uh. All right. Well, I'll see. I'll see. I'll see. Well, we'll see. How We'll see. We'll see how I when I come home, I have a drink, go to sleep. We'll see how I feel when I wake up. All right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well. Before I let you go, who do you have to give a shout-out to? Uh, I'm going to give a shout-out, first of all, to the foundation again on my car, uh, the Faith Fight Finish uh, Foundation, Dak Prescott's foundation. Uh, he won the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award for the work that he does with this charity. Um, so if you want to make a donation or just see what they're about, go to faithfightfinish.org. Um, a couple of other things uh, that they, they do research for, they help out, and I hold pretty close to my heart. So... Uh, uh, regardless of what NFL team you like, none of that really matters. This is all about about better in the world. So uh, go check it out, faithfightfinish.org. And um, I also want to thank uh, Chad Noel for keeping me calm. Uh, uh, Earl, Earl is funny. <laughs> uh, I'll tell you that if any of you have the Earl spotter. Um, I'm not just I, – I, I know I say that every week. I do have the Chad and Earl uh, spotter pack. So uh, if you're a Jimmy fan, you got to have that, by the way. Uh, I got to give a shout-out to Ethan uh, Fonseca Moreno. He did a really good job tonight. Um, I feel bad because uh, we were, I guess, sparring a little bit this week, uh, both for Nashville and uh, Kentucky, and paid off for both of us, really. He was pretty good at Nashville, just got stuck in traffic, and he was outstanding today. And uh, I, I think I, my performance improved a little bit, so I got a shout-out to him. And uh shout-out to Jackson Glenn Austin. He, he popped in to the voice chat and... <laughs> yeah, he's funny and he, he might be at Walmart right now but uh, also give a shout out to Maliato the best soda on the planet alright well congrats on the race victory Jonathan Parker uh, second win of the season thank you Josh can Parker hang on or can someone else steal the win from him We'll have to see here as they head through three and four to the Geico restart zone. And the green flag is out. Two laps remaining here at Phoenix. Parker didn't get as big a jump, I don't think. We'll have to see here as they make their way towards turn one. Alonzo with a pretty good restart. He was tried getting to the inside of Josh Coppino through the dog leg. Couldn't quite do it. Going to have to fight with him through one and two. But Cameron Caldwell is still right in front of him there. He just barely clears uh, Coppino off of turn two. But he's going to fight back with him onto the back straightaway. Coppino to the inside of Caldwell for a second. But coming to the line, it's going to be the white flag. One more lap. Roy Crump had issues. Spun around in the back. We are going to be on the final lap, though. Parker out front by five tenths of a second. Caldwell's going to have to mount a late charge if he can. He's too far back to send it in. Through three and four. Coming to the line. Jonathan Parker is going to sweep the week and pick up the victory here at Phoenix. Oh, 
Jason Gross just sends in the wall, hits Michael Kruger at the end. At the line, Alonzo Chicano just beats out Josh Coppernell for fourth, for third. Indeed, I have. I have gotten a hold of the one and only Jonathan Parker busting out the broom in victory lane because guess what? You've just swept the week here on JCTV. What's that like for you, John, to be able to kind of come through here, uh, you know, coming in tonight pretty much just kind of last second um, and being able to, you know, not steal the win, but, you know, to pull off, you know, your sixth career victory in the Pitsu's Truck Series. But on top of that, uh, you know, winning a race in all three series uh, throughout this week. Yeah, uh, it's uh, pretty surreal. I had no idea what to expect going into this race. Um, and as I discussed at the top of the broadcast, yeah, didn't just not qualify. You would myself, so start last, last. And uh, that first stage, it was uh, pretty calm. Uh, just kind of did what I said I was going to do. Just let him come to me. Drove up to about 10th by the stage, which is uh, that's kind of reminds me of what Chase Elliott did back when he won his championship here because he started from the back. Uh, Jimmy started from the back of that race, too. We drove up pretty good, too. So um, kind of mimicked that. And then the rest, it was mostly executing restarts because it was caution caution after caution. So um, and this this thing was lights out on on restarts. It was it was good on that long run, too. I was I had to use my tires more to, to pass people. And I was matching the leader's pace, if not faster than them. So it was it was a interesting race. It was entertaining when we could race, but uh, got to clean the cautious up a little bit. And um, I don't even know how to explain. Like I cannot believe that <laughs> I won three races in a row this week. That's insane. I would have never had imagined things like that. And I got to thank you, uh, Dallas Allen. I got to thank you. I got to thank Josh for bringing it up last night. And I got to thank Ethan for he said maybe about this exact quote. Go make history. Something like that. Go make your history. That was the last thing he said when we had a private conversation. I was like, all right, I'll race. So, um, yeah, pretty surreal. Yeah, going to making history. And, you know, in limited starts here as well in this league, you know, usually you're going to be in the booth with us, uh, but you've got limited starts to the league. Uh, we conjured you pretty much into running tonight, and it wound up paying <laughs> off. So, uh, but, you know, just, you know, with these limited starts, so what's that make you feel like, you know, in these races? Does that change how you race these compared to how you were racing them last year? Um, in terms of how I race people, like, you know, side by side, I always race them with the utmost respect. I don't really do anything crazy. I'm very tame compared to most people that you might see on these broadcasts. So in terms of that, it doesn't change it. But in terms of strategy, yeah, that could completely change how I call a race. Because, number one, I'm not obviously not full-time, not running for points. So I could just kind of go with whatever is going to get me track position uh, for – down the future you saw that a couple times throughout the race um throughout those cautions because when you pit was pretty crucial um and that helped me a little bit get some track position on those guys but um in terms of the actual race nah i just i always race people with respect and if i, I can't pass them cleanly then i'm just not good enough so i i don't really like to move people well already with that though victory lane podium is up to you teammates sponsors you know who do you want to shout out what got you here in victory lane tonight I gave a couple shout-outs already uh, for you guys. I, I think the PBR chat, because uh, I wasn't there today. I wasn't in the PlayStation party like I usually am. And uh, it was a lot of fun being with those guys, seeing, you know, 
how they uh, go about executing races, and I learned some things from them. I hope they learned some stuff from me because um, just in terms of my thought process and the hella cool guys, so appreciate them. I think Meliello and Lowe's um, uh, Cobalt Tools, uh, Chad Neural on top of the box and the top of the spotter stand, they're awesome. And uh, got to give a shout-out to Ethan. I know his day didn't go the way it should have. Uh, he was wicked fast. I feel really bad for him. And um, give a shout-out to Jared Wilson and everybody at JBM. And one, this I want to leave this for last, big, ginormous shout-out to Jackson Tate. It was his first start in the league. He had an unreal race. He did great. He had some pretty good pace, pretty good on those long runs, and he kept his nose clean for the most part. He did an outstanding job, and uh, I, ho I hope he races more because – that's a name that once he gets the hang of it, uh, you're going to be seeing it a lot, I promise you. Alrighty, that is your race winner here, Jonathan Parker. He completes the sweep this week, winning at Phoenix. Congrats again, John. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. You see that 81 truck parked in victory lane. Fastlane, a JCTV podcast, is sponsored by FACES, the National Craniofacial Association. Hey, it's Ethan Fonseca Moreno, driver of the 43 Martin Truex Jr. Foundation, JCTV Camaro, and you're listening to Fastlane on the JCTV broadcast. Well, now it's time to look at the results of the last, uh, last week's results of the races right here on JCTV. Uh, so, Josh, let's start with the Slide Job Racing League, MF Racing Designs Premier Series. Season 10 playoffs opening race at Nashville Super Speedway. Of course, we've already talked about Jonathan Parker sweeping the week, but it began with a dominating victory in Nashville. Beat Sotaj Mann, who finished second, Dalton Carroll was third, Luke Knopp was fourth, and Michael Thorpe Jr. was fifth uh, to open up these playoffs. Uh, Josh, quick impressions of that race at Nashville the other night. Uh, quick impressions. Uh, you know, I, I thought that it was a great race. It definitely uh, was the opposite of my expectations. Um, with how things turned out, a long, long, long green flag run. So, uh, I'll tell you, those guys, they were, they were great. And, uh, it was, it was awesome to see what they, uh, could do. Now we'll move on to the Coast to Coast Cup Series fifth race of season two, halfway mark. Uh, in this season of second broadcast right here on JCTV, was won by Ali Reeves, got the lead lay over Brian Lorenzo, and was able to hold him off. Uh, top five were all pretty close together, and Lorenzo, uh, with a thrilling drive to go from fifth to second in the last couple of laps. Uh, Josh, I know you watched a few uh, laps of that race, the end of it. Uh, what did you think of that, uh, that f first mile and a half race we covered of the Coast to Coast Cup Series right here on JCTV? I'll tell you, it was kind of uh, racing that is edge of the seat uh, racing. You know, when you're uh, watching a race like that, it was so unpredictable what was going to happen. And I just watched, you know, the last few laps, and uh, I wasn't so sure that, uh, or, you know, who was going to win it. Um, so it was it was really exciting, and I'm telling you, I, I I'm I'm really excited to see what the rest of the season. Uh, has in store based off, you know, what we've just already have, have watched, uh, so far. 
and looking at the point standings uh, halfway, like I mentioned, with the drop weeks in effect, Cody Rivera, the winner of the Daytona Road Course, which we saw uh, two weeks two weeks ago on JCTV, leads the points right now with a 21-point gap over Ali Reeves, uh, that winner at Chicagoland. But Cody Rivera, the only repeat winner this season so far. Uh, James Thurston dropped to third after falling out of the race at Chicago, and Ellis Wells sits fourth with Brian Lonzo uh, ranked in fifth right now. Uh, Josh, way different point format here in this series. Uh, what do you think of this, this point system and the 10-week sprint we have with just uh, two, two drop weeks, really? Well, Adam, uh, you know, I think the, the points format is definitely unique. Uh, they've got you know, an interesting points format here. And I think that if you want to win a championship, you really have to stay consistent up towards the front. You really can't have any bad races at all. Uh, so a unique uh, a system, uh, definitely. And then on Friday at the Kentucky Speedway, for race three of the season 13 NAOR series, it was Jonathan Parker yet again leading over 100 laps en route to the victory. He held off Ethan Fonseca Moreno yet again uh, for another 1-2 finish there between those two. Chris Wright, the reigning series champion, finished in third for his first podium of the season. Zachary Meredith finished fourth, and Hunter Peach rounded out the top five. Josh, you were in the booth at Kentucky on Friday night. Uh, what was the, We've already talked about Jonathan Parker's domination. Uh, let's talk about a little bit more about the rest of the field and uh, those guys inside the top ten. What do you think about their performances on a second mile-and-a-half trip this season? Yeah, uh, I think, uh, you know, it was one of those races where uh, the, the, the cream was rising towards the top, especially with the long, long green flag runs that this race provi- uh, or produced, rather. And, uh, you know, I mean, you mentioned Jonathan Parker's dominant performance, but for everybody else, you know, it was trying to be that man to, to you know, finish second at, at best you know if there was a late yellow uh try to uh, over overtake and, and pass jonathan parker but uh, uh you know ultimately i think for the rest of the guys their their races you know ethan finishing second chris wright first uh podium as you mentioned uh, of the season that's huge you know he's a defending uh champion and uh has uh, struggled so far so uh, you know, it was nice for him to have that podium finish, and some of the other guys as well. You know, just coming up up to the the top. So, um, I'm impressed with with a lot of the drivers' runs, and uh, you can definitely really saw the, the cream rise into the top in that one. Yeah, you mentioned Chris Roy, um struggles this season. Just two top tens in the three races. Looks good on paper, but they really haven't been those great finishes uh, he's been looking for and he's been accustomed to. And like what he got uh, kind of uh, Friday night at Kentucky, finishing uh, on the podium like we mentioned. Uh, he sits 10th in the current point standings, Josh. Uh, seems far out of it, but he's only a 25-point separation between he and the leader. Still early in the season, and with the uh, tournament-style uh, playoff system that the DI9 Designs NAOR series has, you know, Chris Wright, he's he's not by any means out of it. Uh, 
so an, a rough early start to the season, but uh, I think I think he'll be all right. I think he can easily turn it around, and come the the tournament, he'll be uh, seated pretty high. We're talking about those higher seeds right now as they stay in just uh, three weeks deep. Hono Peach is currently the point leader with his three top ten finishes this season. Uh, second to Jonathan, or excuse me, second is Jonathan Parker with his two wins on the year and at the mile and a half races. But he has a DNF in the other race, uh, which is the main uh, part of that 11 point gap between he and Peach. PC Wygent tied in that second spot with a win at that Iowa race. Uh, also 11 points back in Joshua Arnold. Three top 10s on the year sits fourth. And Jose Ruiz has snuck his way quietly into the top five. You know, Adam, I'm, I'll tell you another driver that's up here in the top 12. Uh, sitting seventh right now, 22 points out. Uh, from points lead, Donnie Kite. Uh, he was he was really impressing me last season uh, as he was always starting to find his way up towards the top. And uh, Josh Arnold actually did uh, a mock uh, bracket uh, for what it would have looked like uh, last season if they had used this format last season. And Donnie Kite, he was, uh, I think the third or the would have been like the third or the fourth seed. And it's just simply because of, uh, you know, consistency. And you saw how he just got so much better as the season, uh, went, went on. Uh, right now, uh, Donnie kite sitting seventh. I think, uh, I think he'll improve, uh, you know, as this is just such a young season where there's still a lot of races to go. Um, so right now sitting seventh and, uh, looking for more. Now we're looking at Saturday's results from Phoenix Raceway, uh, the third race of the fourth season for the Blazers Sim Racing League in the In the Pits and News Truck Series. Uh, Jonathan Parker completed his weekend sweep, uh, winning in all three of the full-time leagues right here on JCTV doing so as the reigning champion in that league in his first start his first start since then uh josh of course you were in that race we've already talked a lot about it so we'll run down the top five real quick and any and then you can give any other shout outs you want to give you so jonathan parker leading 54 laps wasn't quite the most dominant night he has uh historically but still right place right time in a very in a race really difficult to pass and Cameron Caldwell, runner-up, Alonzo Chicano, third. Our man, Josh Coppolino, came came home fourth with that 42 machine, and Joshua Arnold finished in fifth, uh, where he's right where he started the night. Uh, if I were to give a shout-out to a, a driver, um, you know, their finishing position, that's not myself, of course, finishing fourth, I'm going to go with Michael Kruger. And the reason why is because... He led 25 laps. He finished eighth. He was he was actually running really well in, in a track that has pretty much been, if you will, his kryptonite. And, uh, you know, he needed a good race. I think he was hungry for a good race at Phoenix. And uh, he, he got exactly what he needed. And that was a, a good, solid finish. Uh, I, I know he wanted more. I think uh, all of PBR wanted to see him finish a, a little bit higher than eighth, 
but uh, it was a little bit of a struggle. He did get involved in an accident, so he was already uh, a little bit on the other end of the stick. Uh, he was on a different strategy than uh, almost all of the other drivers in the field. The only other one that was on the same strategy as him was actually myself. And then when he came down to pit road, uh, I stayed out. And he just was trying to work his way back up to the front. So, you know, I really have to give a shout out to Michael Kruger for, uh, you know, finally getting that finish uh, at Phoenix that uh, he deserves and uh, a, a good solid top 10. And I want to give another shout out to Ryan Bogey who finished in the ninth position, uh, joined the sim late. In Discord, he said he was probably just going to start in park the race and not really try most of the night, but he managed to stay on the lead lap the entire time and just through attrition was able to sneak inside the top 15 and then the last couple restarts was able to push inside the top 10, bring it home 9. So that was a good finish, I thought, for that 21 truck. Now looking at the points, after three races in the In the Pits News truck series, Lonzo Chicano leads the league right now with 3 for 3 in top 10s. Michael Walls, our uh, winner at Homestead Miami, was crashed out of Phoenix, so he now sits 15 points behind after being the early point leader two weeks in. Alex Kerfin has moved up to third and Cameron Caldwell in fourth with Justin Durand fifth. You know, I think one thing that really doesn't surprise me here, Adam, is Alonzo Chicano leading the points. Uh, you know, you look at the season before uh, season three, when it was pretty much a Jonathan Parker season, Alonzo Chicano uh, was up front, up top, and uh, ended up taking of the championship. Uh, so with Jonathan Parker only doing a maximum of five starts, of course, not running for a championship this season, uh, I'm not surprised to see Alonzo Chicano up there. And with a 15-point gap, uh, more or less either, he actually hit over 1,000 laps led in, uh, in his Blazers Sim Racing in the Pits News Truck Series career. Uh, this past, uh, you know, weekend at Phoenix. So, Alonzo, he doesn't have that win yet on the season, but it's going to come pretty quickly, uh, I would imagine, uh, if not uh, this weekend at Iowa. Yeah, and uh, shout out for Hunter Peach and Nick Happyak for two rookies uh, being inside the top 12 right now as it stands. Uh, Peach been really strong in his couple of in his starts really when he's been able to finish and uh, be in contention for top ten finishes and uh, Michael Kruger uh, winning at Daytona of course he is locked in to the playoffs if he is able to uh, make enough starts we are sure uh, assume he is going to make that uh, threshold to do so and clinch himself into the playoffs so it's gonna things are gonna shape up a lot I think in this back half of the grid though yeah Adam you are absolutely correct uh, of course. You know, Blazer Sim Racing in the Pits News Truck Series, still a young season as well. Only a, a few races into uh, their season. And, uh, you know, I think it's been a rough start for a lot of drivers. I mean, you look at who's sitting 11th, uh, Nick Kapiak, not having a top 10. Uh, he's the only one in the top 12 in points that don't have a top 10. You know, so I think drivers that are on the outside looking in, uh, they're going to start to really shuffle around as well uh, as 
you know, it, it, for some guys, it's, it's just been a struggle. Um, so, you know, I'm telling you, we, we, if we come back and look at this here in a few weeks, I think you're going to see a lot of drivers that, uh, are, are different than uh, what we see now. So now we move on to this week's uh, action, beginning with Season 10 playoffs in the Slide Job Racing League. Second race was the Bono Motorsports Designs Grand Prix at Watkins Glen International. Josh, once again, you were in the booth for that race, a race dominated by Dylan Parker. A quick thoughts of that race on the road course um, in the middle of this playoff. You know, I thought uh, it was a, a really good race itself. Uh, we did see at uh, Circuit of the Americas, Dylan Parker and Sartaj Mann absolutely uh, battling for, for that race. And Sartaj going into Watkins Glen wasn't as uh, optimistic about coming to Watkins Glen as he was at uh, Circuit of the Americas. Dylan Parker, uh, he did not uh, leave anything off the table. Um, from, you know, Circuit of the Americas coming to Watkins Glen, he absolutely put on a clinic. He won the pole, although he did not lead the first seven laps, uh, as those were led by uh, Ethan Fonseca Moreno. But uh, Dylan Parker, he just, once he got the lead, he was pulling away. There was no looking back, and uh, he won by a, a big margin. You mentioned Ethan Fonseca Moreno led seven laps. He uh, crossed the finish line in second place right where he started. Sartage Mayan moved up the grid to third. Luke Knupp finished fourth, and Michael Thorpe Jr. rounded out our top five. Uh, Josh, one thing that happened in that race, Jonathan Parker, he had an incident top of the yeses uh, onto the back straightaway. Lucky he didn't get hit broadsided the way he was sitting there. Was able to recover, get back into the mix, mix and pass some cars. On his way up through the field, though, he had more contact, this time with Caden Atkins. Yeah, I'm actually glad you brought up Jonathan Parker, uh, because all of this actually happened right after uh, the competition caution. So, uh, quickly, uh, if I may, the Slide Job Racing League uh, road course rules are that there is going to be a, a competition caution really early in the race. The walk to Glen happened to be at the conclusion of lap eight. So when they went back green, Jonathan Parker, you know, at that point, there was no other guaranteed yellow from that point on. And Jonathan Parker, he, you know, as you mentioned, uh, had uh, had that uh, spin, a uh, little bit of contact, and uh, he fell like a rock. And he had to claw his way back up to eight. I'm telling you, I as much as I'm impressed with Dylan Parker's uh, run to to absolutely dominate this race and, and take away the win. I am just as much impressed with Jonathan Parker and uh, him being able to overcome uh, his early race uh, uh, misfortunes to finish in eighth place and uh, keep him on track for uh, what could be a very tough uh playoffs to get him into the final four so uh big kudos to jonathan parker for for being able to finish eighth 
Yeah, just two more races before the final four in the slide drop racing league playoffs. Gonna be Darlington this Tuesday night, and then Talladega after that. Uh, but looking at the playoff grid right now after Watkins Glen, uh, 12 races deep into this 10th season, Sautage Man continues to lead the points after Jonathan Parker's misfortune in that race we spoke of uh, follows a spot to third. Dalton Kilroe, one point ahead of him, sits seven, trailing Sautage Man in that second position. Luke Nupp uh, sits in fourth, and Michael Thorpe Jr. tied with him there. So Josh, these top five are separated by 13 points. How difficult is that going to be to end with Darlington, knowing everyone's just right over each other's shoulder for these top five spots, going for just four positions here? And, you know, Darlington being known as a track too tough to tame, I think these five drivers uh, that are separated with the 13 points, as you mentioned, it's going to be a huge challenge for them. Darlington is a wild animal. And, uh, you know, I, I think I think it's not just a, a track that anybody can show up and, and race at. You know, I, I think... Uh, in some ways, there's there's some tracks you can you can show up to with with not a lot of practice, go out there and and you know finish well. Darlington, I think you you have to know what you're doing, and uh, for these guys, uh, you know, being so close in points, uh, it's it's just going to add that much more pressure. Uh, I mentioned it at one point that I think the, the best thing these guys have going for them is uh, doing B fix this week because I racing is at Darlington and it'll be great race uh, experience for these guys. I know I was spotting for a driver in a, a B open rather not a B fix, but a B open and uh, Michael Thorpe jr. Was in that race. So he was getting familiar with the Xfinity car at Darlington, uh, albeit on a, an open setup rather than a fixed setup. But, you know, I think that is just going to be very beneficial to have all those race laps uh, going into this league race to ultimately help set you up to get into the final four, uh, especially with Talladega looming right after uh, Darlington. Now, Josh, we mentioned on last week's program, Dillard Parker's huge penalty for the actions he pulled in uh, Nashville Super Speedway last Tuesday. He went on to do what we th said you would have to do to keep his name in contention, and that was win Watkins Glen and dominate. But his, his mission's not over. He's still a race lengths out from the next position in the playoff standings, and he's going to have to hope for some kind of miracle to even, sne even sniff the top four in the next two weeks. Yeah, I have no doubt that he'll be racing up front uh, at, at Darlington and uh, at Talladega. Uh, he is a very aggressive driver. He's always up front, always competing. But, you know, at this point, it's not just him going out there and, and controlling his car. He needs some luck on his side for some of his competitors to have misfortunes so he can try to gain points. He said that he really didn't gain many points on his com uh, competitors after Watkins Glen because all but one 
of the, the playoff drivers finished inside the top 10. The only one that didn't was Mark Frimpong, who is currently now eighth in uh, standings. And it's still over 40 points of a gap between Frimpong and, and Dylan Parker. So he's got uh, he's got a lot on his uh, plate if he wants to try to compete for a championship. Yeah, Josh, absolutely. Thanks for looking at these results with me and uh, looking at these point standings the way they stand right now. Of course, we're going to be keeping close eyes on them as everything happens these next couple of races. Everything right here on JCTV. Thanks, Josh. I'm Jonathan Parker, driver of the number 92 Faith Fight Finish Foundation Chevrolet, and you're watching Fastlane, a JCTV podcast. Don't go anywhere. Earlier this week, Brett Bennett... Uh, driver of the 47 SBOD Ford in the uh, in the Pits News Truck Series caught up with our Jonathan Parker to preview this weekend's race at Iowa Speedway Saturday at 8 p.m. right here on JCTV. They're going to talk about tire uh, wear, fuel runs here at Iowa Speedway, the track itself, and a little bit more about the league as a whole. They kind of go off topic just a little bit. Unfortunately, my mic was not recorded. I was with them asking them a few questions and talking here and there, uh, but that was not recorded, so I had to edit around that. Hopefully, you guys enjoy this interview with them, or the segment with them, I should say, and hopefully they give a good preview of the race that's going to happen at Iowa this weekend. It's the In the Pits News track preview uh, featuring Brett Bennett and Jonathan Parker. I'm expecting, uh, it's, a lot of it's going to depend on how the race goes, but I'm expecting a higher management race. This, my, my practice today was, I was definitely burning off the right front, and I, I definitely there's some stuff I think I can do to improve on that, but even with that improvement, I don't think it's going to be a good number. It could, I think it could be a race where you'll see a mixture of strategies. The t the timing of the runs kind of reminds me of Dover of Dover, even though there isn't as much there isn't quite as much fall off, although it feels like there's more fall off than Dover because the amount of the really the setup goes loose the tight. Um, but we'll see how that plays out. It'll be a it'll be a race. It's all about trying to save tire. If we get long runs, otherwise it's going to be trying to keep it from getting loose and getting it hooked up on the short runs, which that's kind of what Phoenix turned into and. We'll see. Hopefully we get a little bit greener race than we had at Phoenix, but we'll see. We got big fields this year, which is great. Like I'm not going to complain about cautions when we got bigger fields. Like that's just kind of part of the what you tend to get with it. There's going to be a lot of cautions. Um, <laughs> I was straight up a harder track than Phoenix, and we couldn't go five laps at Phoenix without wrecking. So if it's most of the I, same people, we're going to get a bunch of cautions because some of those I, cautions weren't. No, 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 no. You're going to hold on for a second. <laughs> Sorry. It's Sorry. okay. Because I went back and watched some of the rest. I didn't get to rewatch the whole race yet. There were some cautions out there that were just it. It was just people having no plan, and other than I'm going to this corner as hard as I can, I don't care what's in front of me. And I saw some of that on the racetrack where I had to just stomp on the brakes. I'm like, what? What the hell are people doing? And so I, that's more of a just a courtesy problem. Well, well, I have my feelings on how that race played out for me that I will not share at the moment. You can share it if you want I, to. 
I'm not gonna. Already, none I've of it happened to me, in, so I'm not gonna I've, call anyone I've out in particular. I already got in trouble for being disrespectful because he apologized and he didn't mean to do it. So I know he didn't mean to. It just was. That's fine. That doesn't mean that we can't be better. Yeah. Well, once again, you're gonna have to edit that, Adam. But um, he knows what he signed uh, up for. The, <laughs> the I think we'll actually have a cleaner race in Phoenix. Personally, I um, hope you're right. This track is just. Phoenix is really conducive to putting drivers in situations that are going to be lead to accidents. Turns three and four are pretty heavy braking at Phoenix. At Iowa, it's almost always trail braking into the corners. You're not really, you're carrying a lot more speed. Later in the run, you're going to be getting a lot of pace. So like, especially if we get green flag pit stops, you might see some incidents there where the pace differential is going to come into play between fresh and from between new and old tires. But from a driver's standpoint, you're not driving in as deep and you're not braking as hard. So I don't think there's going to be as much of an issue with people running each other over this week. Plus, you also don't have the stupidity of restarts at Phoenix where people are taking it like three, four <laughs> wide in the turns one and two. If you're taking it three or four wide at Iowa, you're a lot braver person than I am. Um, don't don't count it out, trust me. But yeah, you're right about the restart thing because the way that stupid start-finish line is... It, just dive four or five wide and it doesn't matter. I yeah. saw I M Michael Kruger, he showed me, I think it was after the race, well, it had to have been after the race, where he took it to the apron like three, four wide. Like, <laughs> I think he might have, I think Ross Chastain might have pulled that. And regardless, he gained like five spots from that. He went from like 17th to like 12th or 11th. <laughs> Insane. Yeah, I, I had a couple of really good restarts too where I did similar stuff because you just kind of had to because the way the tires were wearing there. The way, it was so, if whenever we would actually get a run of more than like, especially stage one, which I guess was probably the longest run was stage one. Yeah, that was the longest run. Because somehow we were really good during stage one, and then we lost all talent, apparently, as soon as we got done with it. No, 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 not we. Because this is, the, stat this. Okay, I was the only one with a zero X. To be fair, I was a zero <laughs> X other than getting... Other dumped. than the incident, yeah. Other than Just getting the dumped, incident, yeah. and then getting... Then getting hit by somebody who didn't hold their brake after after wrecking. Those are my only incidents as far as I'm, I remember. And maybe I got another 4X because every 4X I got in that race was somebody hitting my rear bumper. So Michael Walls, I'm <laughs> blaming him. So I, in my opinion, if I'm getting hit in the rear, that's not my fault. <laughs> um, unless I'm like intentionally brake checking, which was not the case. So, but uh, yeah, it's I was gonna be a an interesting race in terms of that, in terms of what we'll get. Um, I really think the strategy, if we do run green in stage two, big if, but if we do run green in stage two, which that's another good thing about Iowa is it's a lot more likely a wreck here because of the increased speed you're carrying is going to cause more issues. It's going to, instead of being able to cause a wreck, keep going, cause a wreck, keep going. You're more likely to get killed in that first wreck than I think you are at Phoenix. Um, but that said, if we do get long runs, it'll be interesting to see what strategies people go with. Um, I have it, doing my math, I thought the one stop is a little bit faster. But I turned damage off when I was doing my practice run, so I didn't have to like pull in if I hit the wall ever. And by the end of the run, you are having to give up so much time. If you get back to the gas at all too early, it is just not going to steer off a of turn four. And you're going to hit the wall. So I could easily see a two stop working especially if you do a little bit better job of managing your tires early in the run. Um, I think a one-stop might be a little faster, but 
a lot of it's also going to be, do you think there's going to be a caution? Because when we get the caution, could play a big thing if we go green for a while. Um, I know this year I'm thinking in this league right now, the way it's been so far this year, you might want to stay out <laughs> as long as possible. But uh, we'll see what happens. Um, a lot of it's going to depend where I'm at on track. If I'm, le- I'm a lot less aggressive with strategy if I'm leading than if I'm mired in the, in the back of the pack. But I'm hoping I can get a good race. I know last time we went here, I, Rossi has dominated, but I was really fast early until I, I took the lead on the first lap, ran two really fast laps, and the fastest lap of the race on lap two, and then lap three spun out. So um, hopefully we don't repeat that, but if I can find the same kind of pace on the short run that I had then, could really play out well for me. But then again, I think I was not as good at saving tires as I am now. I've learned more and more about being willing to back it off on the short run and give up that little bit of pace for that pace late in the run. So it'll be interesting because there's also multiple grooves here as well. We'll see. You can hook the bottom. I like the middle a lot of the times, but you can also go up to the fence and run it too. A lot of it's just going to be where you're feeling on your tires. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. So I I haven't driven the, the truck at Iowa in a while. Uh, but I have driven the, the Gen 6 car at Iowa a couple weeks ago in NAOR. And let me tell you, that thing bottomed out so bad in 1 and 2. It didn't matter which line you run. If you were on the high side, you bottomed out, you went to the fence. If you were on the bottom, you bottomed out and went out half a lane. It didn't matter how hard you drove in. It was That setup sucked, quite frankly. I don't know if the truck is like that. Is it, it like that at all? It's not as bad. Um, I have noticed here, you don't want to run the high, the absolute high side in 1 and 2 because the bumps by the fence, they're the worst by the fence. Like, it doesn't matter what car you're in, unless your setup is suspension is like the softest suspension ever, those bumps are going to unsettle you in anything. The middle, the middle is probably the smoothest. The bottom, the bumps might unsettle you a little bit, but you can ride them pretty easily. Um, you just don't want to... You, you can hit them wrong. There's one or two times in my run where I would hit them wrong on the bottom. But um, I think it's one of those tracks where you're going to kind of want to be down on the, run the bottom later in the run. At the same time, though, I'm not sure... If I'm not sure on the tire wear what lane's the best because I didn't really get a good look at that. Um, it felt like sometimes that I was using less tire running the middle. Or running the middle felt like it was using less tire, but at the same time, it's going to be a little risky because especially early in the run, you can easily get that setup loose if you push too hard. I feel like if you run the middle, you got to be wherever, right above wherever that seam is. I don't know where it is. I'd yeah, that, yeah, it, that's but... where you want to be is right on that. You want to be right on that first seam. That's if you do that I, and straddle that as if that is the white line, I think you'll be good on the middle. Yeah, and that's what and that's what I was looking back at my qualifying lap last season because it apparently got shown, or last time we were here, I guess season two, and that was that was exactly what I did to qualify second was right on that first seam, and I think that that will probably will be the key. Um, the other thing, the other thing that'll be key is how much brake do you use, and how much is how much are you going to modulate your speed by just lifting early? Um, definitely, Mod- I'd, I. Modulate's a fun word. I was not <laughs> using. I'm an engineer. I got to use big words occasionally. <laughs> I got to use engineering sounding words. Um, but I I found a lot of tra- I was using a lot of trail brake. I wasn't doing a lot of heavy braking. You could probably drive it in deep and break hard, like everybody was doing at Phoenix and killing the runs <laughs> off the corner. Um, 
which that's what it does frustrate Phoenix is because I was you could gain so much speed by backing up one and two or three and four. It used to be one and two. I always do that. Don't feel bad. I know. It's just frustrating <laughs> when you're backing up a corner and then suddenly you're hit from behind. It's like it's like crap. It's just trying to that was something, and I don't think the guy who hit me, I don't think Justin is a driver who normally does this, so I think he just made a mistake there. Are you in but, a Mellow Yellow car? No, it's not a mistake if it's you, but... <laughs> <laughs> I love you, Justin. I'm just busting your no, balls. I love, no, I love, I'll love Justin. I, I, that would, it, it got teed up. Um, but, uh, the, but like, I think that was something that was like, with that race... It wasn't just him. Other people did it too, where people were just following way too tight into the corner. And I've noticed this a couple times. I've done it. I did it to Happy Act at Martinsville last season because I was more focused on the battle and beside me instead of the guy in front. If you're fought at a track where you're braking heavy, if you're following right on somebody's bumper into the braking zone, you're almost always going to end up dumping them. <laughs> like, because unless you're braking, unless you're really backing up the corner, they're going to brake first and then you're going to be screwed because you're going to hit them no matter what, what, what you do. So that's that's something I think that's kind of what happened to me at least. I don't. I, I still need to go back and watch the broadcast and see how some of the other wrecks played out because pretty much all of them before that point happened behind me. So I didn't really get a good look at any of them. But in, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I think um, this is a race where you'll see. I think Radius will be strong. I mean, they always are, but. Um, this kind of track. I, I was looking at the results of last time we were here. Um, Alonzo definitely had some speed. Gracias dominated. The guy I think is going to be really strong here is Zach. If he's here, is Zach Probst. Um, if he doesn't get dumped by somebody in the first stage. Um, oh god. <laughs> that, that, that that was. Uh, that. Yeah, but I mean, Alonzo said in his announcement, "We have to clean it up." I understand where he, I understand where you're coming from, but now we got to win in your end system. So now it's win at all cost. Like that. Yeah, so we're, get, we're, all that all that be, shit's gonna go fair, out the window. To be fair to us, we were about as clean as every other race that occurred in NASCAR last weekend. We were probably cleaner than the truck race. The truck race, the drivers in the actual truck race showed even less. <laughs> were even stupider than we were. If if you've seen the highlights, like some of the blocks they were throwing in that. In those I can't races, stand the trucks. <laughs> But uh, Our and then the cup race, I was at the cup race, which was awesome race, but they were spinning out off of two the entire race. But some uh, of that was cars are pretty hard to drive. Like there's some people. Just well, they were hard to drive. Around. Plus they were on edge. Plus it was as I was there, it was hot and windy. That's always going to be set up. That's always going to be the worst handling cars in those conditions. But my point is with these trucks, these things are piss easy to drive. Your grandma can do it. I'm being serious. Like I'm. Especially at the mile and a half and plus tracks, oh, we should not be wrecking every. We should not be wrecking to be every. Fair, to be fair, we have the only mile and a half we went to is Homestead, which is that's the, the hardest one. Which is the hardest mile and a half. We just just note the dumbest thing is that we ran a a natural caution free race at Daytona. What, <laughs> yeah, what the fuck are you guys doing? Why is that the track where you guys decide not to yeah. caution it out? Well, that race, I needed cautions. My computer started crashing, and no one would. I was like, uh, I'll rejoin. They'll wreck. I'll get a. Fr I'll get back on the lead lap. Nope. <laughs> God, like, you yeah, got a back ass words. 
yeah, that race. Well, it doesn't help that we've managed to turn every single plate race into basically a fuel strategy race now. And yeah, Cam, why don't you change the lengths every once in a while? Yeah, I honestly, <laughs> I think we should. Very vocal about that, so I don't care if that sounds aggressive. Yeah, well, it's the, the Dega races last year worked. I thought the, I thought the length of this one, it would have worked. The problem just is, is when you have a two stopper, then people get really separated out on the pit stop. No matter what. I think the one stop, if you had more people on it, would have worked. What well, Cody McCorkle did? You, the one stop, yeah. No, well, you might I think, have worked, I think what his, I think what he did would have worked if you had more people committed to that, for sure. No, I agree. I, But I, I wasn't going to commit to it because I think what you need to do is you need to split at Daytona. If we're going to continue running one race instead of doing a doubleheader like Dega, split the state, put the stage at halfway instead of doing the normal 25%. Because that way you're just doing a one green flag stop, both runs. It's not at all on the fuel window either run. You could basically pit any time, basically from lap. It would be like from lap 20 to well, 30. 33% much. might work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, the 33 would still be close on that one stop. Like, you, you want it to be where... Honestly, no, because 25 30... was right on the number. 33 would have been fine. You would have had to... You had a decent size window, and you get a... Okay, like 33 would have been, let's see, green flag laps would have been restart like 36. Yeah, if you were leading, you couldn't, 32 was tight. That's, I, 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 yeah, you, you gotta go at fine. least to lap, you gotta go to lap 40 at least in stage one. Cause also, if it goes to lap 33, stage one is a fuel mileage, is fuel mileage. <laughs> either, either way, you gotta figure it out. So, cause, Manufacturing, and I, I hate saying manufacturing because it makes it seem it's like they're doing it on purpose. It's just, they're not doing it on purpose, no, but it's, it's still just, manufactured fuel mileage it, race it, because it is made strategy, with a fuel mileage race. If we're going to plate tracks, the thought is the thought should be to be pack racing the entire time, and instead it's turned into multiple times now where we've had it where we're racing and it's just, just yeah, that's to, that's my problem with it. My first my first ever race in this league. Was that Talladega race in season two? That was I'm a fuel mileage race. I'm shocked you stayed after that. Screw that race, man. That race knocked me out of the playoffs. I hate that race. Sorry, I got dumped in the. I got dumped in the wall at the end of the stage because somebody else didn't know how to lift. God. People love my back bumper. People love my back bumper. Yeah, Michael liked um, my back bumper that race. Yeah, he pushed me it through looked- the grass instead of to the wind. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> Michael, Michael Walls. I'll be honest. At Daytona this year. He was way better than I thought, but when I saw him get up front, I was like, I remember this guy. He, back when he was in the Jimmy Johnson scheme, I was like, I don't trust this guy at all. <laughs> I still he's, don't trust him. I've been racing he, with him since impre- 2017. No, he's, he's impressed. He's definitely gotten better than what he what he was. Like, I, he's still... No, nah, he's gotten worse. He's washed. Are you kidding me? Dude's got 36 league championships. He can't win a race now. Does he really? <laughs> he does. <laughs> it's on a bunch of different games, yes. Not on Iris. Oh, to be fair, some people it doesn't translate. Like, I, oh, I you're like, right. I learned that really quick with him. Yeah, it doesn't translate always. Like, it's <laughs> I, I sucked at most racing games, but I'm good. I'm pretty solid at iRacing. Like, it's the actual sim compared to like a Heat or Forza or any of that. It's very different in terms of what you got to do. I just tried the car. Uh, yeah, exactly. But uh, yeah, it's it's gonna be a a battle. So I think 
Yeah, I was gonna say I think though Zach Probst is one to watch. Um, obviously Kruger, he did not run here in. Oh, he did run here in season two. He just was ass. I'm sorry. I was looking at the results and I was like, oh, Kruger probably, probably Kruger probably had a good race here. And then I realized he finished like a lap behind me in tenth, two laps down, just ahead of Caleb McCurry and Dawson Allen. Uh, that's that. No offense to Dawson, but especially Dawson back then, oh, not the no. person you want what? to be finishing near. Watch yourself. Hey, I love Dawson. <laughs> Dawson makes my paint schemes. <laughs> Understand. I love Dawson. He's gotten, a, he's gotten a lot better at iRacing. But I think that was when he first had iRacing. He had all kinds of computer issues. I don't even know if he was on his on his Mardon PC yet at that point. Like That was, like, really rough. Um, See, I made sure I didn't start racing this league until I wasn't racing on a laptop. Uh, yeah, that was hell. I, I, I could not tell you how much I cannot I tell you how much I rating I lost just because my computer wouldn't work during an NIS race, and I just had to sit there. I had lose it. Mess with the laptop until the laptop's charging port failed. Like I was fine with it. I admittedly I should I should have upgraded sooner just because of performance wise. What I can get out of this just really improved my ability. Plus, being on a widescreen monitor really has helped. But uh, the laptop I was fine with, and then the charging port stopped working, so it would randomly disconnect from the power in the middle of the race. And whenever like it would disconnect from the battery from the charger, when on battery power, the frames would go from about forty to about two. And you can't yeah. really race at two frames a second; it, it gets a little <laughs> difficult. Um, my my laptop somehow got sixty frames a second whenever. It wasn't like NIS or something crazy. Yeah, and then since this, other than the blue screening issue I had on the previous one, which Haynes has got me fixed up, so um, which I think just that was something I'm still going to blame UPS. They were rough with it when they shipped shipped the first one. The second one they weren't rough with and it works, so I'm blaming UPS until I know otherwise, or I did something stupid because I'm an idiot with computers. Um, that's a strong possibility, but. Yeah, that we'll, we'll see what happens this week. Um, ho I'm hoping the next four races in the two main leagues I run here in court, I've got four tracks that I'm all very, very good at with a chance to go out and win. So hoping maybe I can finally pull one off the next two weeks because we got here, then Michigan's going to be... That's going to be a battle. And then uh, and utter utterly, we got Kansas and Auto Club, which are both fun ones too. So... Interesting to see. Mostly the lines that people run and how they set up the passes, because yeah, you do have a lot of choices there. Um, so long as you don't hit the bump, shoot up towards the wall. So that's that's the thing I'm most interested in. Then how people handle the tire fall off, because that is an old race surface that's really bumpy, and it's if you don't if you slide your tires just a couple times, you're going to be in for a long run. I don't know when iRacing last updated their setup, but it felt like an older older setup. Because it that iRacing's gotten better about the open setups being looser and not falling off the tight cliff. And this is the first one that I've ran for one of the tracks this year where it is the absolute cliff of tightness. So because this one's loose for like three laps and then you're tight. Like it's it's not the uh it's not Phoenix, where Phoenix you would get tight later in the run, but it wasn't like undrivable tight. Here it's if you try to get to the gas in three and four before like 
three-fourths of the corner, you're just going to slam into the wall um, once the tires wear. So that was something to watch Phoenix. for. I just thought Phoenix was tight for every corner except for the first one. Even uh, on cold tires. I don't, I don't know if that's just how I drive. But I, I once once I started backing up three and four more it was, but I, I could I could get loose in three and four on old tires. But I also started downshifting in three and four later in runs, so that might have something to do with it too. Um, because you could once the tires wore, you could get a really good drive off in third. Um, but yeah, they're definitely not going to be any shifting this weekend, unless you're. If you're if you're downshifting here, you're definitely doing something wrong. 